ministry in our church for is that over the last uh, weeks, months, uh, when worship has gone on, I don't know if you ever if you noticed this, but this is the first time in, in ever, I think, in the life of this church where the, this church sings out the way that you have been doing. And um, I want to just commend you for making uh, your worship and your life, your praise be known are not intimidated about you know who's around you but you release a praise so can you just clap your hands for your neighbor say I'm proud of you I'm proud of you you really are growing you're growing I want to give you a couple of announcements before we go into this on tonight um, first of all uh, we will be celebrating our first quarter birthdays uh, this coming Sunday um, and so you want to make sure that if you want to celebrate that if you have a birthday in the month of January February or March Go to www.tfcj.org forward slash get involved and you can sign up for that. Don't forget, uh, my birthday celebration is going to be on Friday, April the 17th. And so we are, uh, it's going to be a royal night. Amen. So come in your tuxedos, gowns, and crowns. Amen. All right. Um, somebody asked me about the crowns because they think it's expensive. Amazon is your friend. Okay. Amazon is your friend. You will be amazed when you get on there. The, the selection and the price tag. All right. So make sure you go to Amazon. All right. And I'm just, I'm gonna just tell you a mistake. Just I'm gonna tell you a mistake I made. So pay attention to this. Pay attention to how many inches it is. That's all I'm gonna say. All of us don't have small heads. Amen. All heads are not created equal. Amen. Some of us got big old heads, amen, and you need more inches, amen, <laughs> all right? So just pay attention to that, all right? Um, don't forget, don't forget, we are shifting our midweek service to Freedom University. It's an eight-week small group that will take place on Wednesday night starting April the 1st. I am so excited about this, uh, what's getting ready to happen. Uh, we have three classes that are going on, Bold Faith, the Gifts of the Spirit, and the Fruit of the Spirit. Uh, we have people already signed up from Sunday, so if you have not signed up, you need to. Here's a re reason why you need to, because the class is limited. There's only a certain amount of people that can be in each classroom because we want to make sure that we keep it a small group, all right? So if you have not signed up, go to www.tfcj.org forward slash get involved. Again, the topics are bold faith, uh, the gifts of the Spirit, and the fruit of the Spirit. And so you want to make sure you sign up for that. Uh, there's a brief dis uh, description for each of them. I see some of y'all going to it right now. Amen. So I'm going to give you some time. Amen. You want to make sure you go to that and sign up um, because people have already started signing up online. And so we want to make sure that once the class is closed, it is closed. All right. So you want to make sure you get up on that quickly. Amen. The three classes are the link www.tfcj.org forward slash get involved. Get involved. Um, thank God to our media ministry who has. Uh, altered that. You remember in the past, whenever there was sign up, it was always had a, a slash and it was always something. Well, now it's all under one spot now. Any of our signups, it's always going to be www.tfcj.org forward slash get involved. Get involved. So go ahead and sign up for that if you have not already. All right. Super Sunday. And as you're doing that, I'm going to keep talking. Super Sunday is quickly approaching on March 29th. We're being intentional about inviting people to church um, in, a in a day and a time uh, where everybody worried about coronavirus and all this other stuff. Um, I want to I want to make sure that we are being mindful. That's why we have uh, a sanitizer uh, stationed at the back. Amen. Thank God for the greeters that was giving everybody some as they was leaving. Amen. 
Amen. Right? We believe by faith. We got faith in God, but we also got common sense. Amen. He gave you a mind. Use it. Amen. So that's why we cut out to touch your neighbors. Amen. Amen. All right. We're going to not touch your neighbor. Amen. But as soon as this is over, you're going to go back to touching your neighbor and high-fiving your neighbor. I promise you, you will. Amen. And I know, and listen, sometimes the church is the only place that you can come to and actually get a hug. And I know it's really difficult for some of us right now, but this soon will be over. Amen. We will get through this. And so you want to make sure that you invite somebody to church on the, on the fifth Sunday. Um, we are setting up an overflow on that Sunday as well. Um, we're going to hopefully put it out in the hallway, right? And we're going to put a TV out there as well. So if we fill up this, they can sit out there as well. And um, so we want to make sure that we um, invite somebody to church. Now, what we're doing is we're making sure this week that we're making connection with that person. We're not quite inviting them yet. We're just going to make that connection with them. And on next week, we're going to actually ask them to come to Super Sunday. So make sure you're doing that as well, all right? That's all the announcements that I have. On tonight, as we are in our Freedom Financial Boot Camp, uh, we have Sherry Proctor with us with Synovus Bank, who's coming to discuss home ownership. Amen. Um, I believe that the people of God should own their own home. Amen. Amen. Now, some people have asked me, um, why do I not own a home? Okay. Let me explain this so you understand where I am. The reason why I do not own a home is because as the pastor of this church, it looks real bad for me to buy a house and the church don't have its own place. <laughs> now, for some people that don't bother you, for me it does. Because if we are renting here and then I go out and buy a house, to me, because I have laid down my life for this, it looks as if my priorities are out of whack. Okay? And so I know that's, but that's my plight. That's not your plight. I need you to get your home. I need you to stop renting. I need you to get your own place. Amen. You, don't you worry. As soon as freedom signed the dotted line somewhere with our name on it, oh, you best believe I'm going to be right behind that. But in between time, I want to make sure that we are uh, uh, making sure that we are getting our homes. I believe that God wants us to own you are an owner. Look at your neighbor. You ain't got to touch him. Just look at him and say, you are an owner. He wants you to own, okay? And so we want to make sure that we prioritize this. Now, I am very clear. When we started this church, we started it almost 10 years ago. And uh, when we started, we were some young bucks. We were very young. And um, they, they still call us the young church, but yeah, so we're getting older. And, um, <laughs> and when we started... We were in a different season in life. And what I realized as a pastor is you have to shepherd people through different seasons of life. Uh, when this church first started, everybody was kind of new entering the workforce. They were new getting into their, some, most of the, my, the members at that time just graduated from college, just getting their first job, trying to get on their feet. Well, now you are at a new place. And so now I'm trying to shepherd you through. Some of y'all done got married, you done got children, you, 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 you know, you, you're buying your homes now, you're moving up. And I got to make sure that as a, as a pastor that I shepherd you through every season of your life, whatever season that may be. Some of y'all on the back end of that. Maybe you already got your own home. Now it's time to get you an investment property. Now it's time to get your Airbnb. Okay? So, you know, we need to make sure that we are shepherding you through every season of your life. And that's why we stop what we're doing to bring people in so that we can discuss this stuff. So come on, put your hands together for Miss Sherry Proctor as she comes now. Amen. To give us information. 
Are y'all recording this? Are they recording this? They recording? Yeah, 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 they recording it. Sorry. <laughs> First, allow me to give an honor to God, um, my God, my maker, my creator, my everything, um, to the pastor, the members, the visitors um, of this lovely church. I'm so grateful to be here. My name is Cherie Proctor. Everybody says Sherry because it looks like Sherry. Thanks to my mom, I've gotten some jobs because people thought I was, you know, because it was Sherry. So I'm thankful for that. Um, I've been in the mortgage industry probably for about 20 years. Um, I know I look young, thank God. That's through prayer and grace and all those other things. Um, but I'm the mother of a 30-year-old. I have two grandkids um, and a son-in-law. Um, so that is me. Um, again, I've been in the mortgage industry for a while, so I know the ins and outs. Um, one thing that I will say, I started just as, how many of first, let's see, how many people own a home? Okay, well good, so you, can, you all can take the information and pass it on to someone else. Um, I bought my first home at age 26. I started at age 24. Um, I had a lot of credit card debt because you know when you're in college and you see the little signs that says if you fill out this credit card application, you can get a free cup, a free trip, or something like that. I did all of that. Didn't know how I was gonna pay for it, and my parents surely weren't gonna pay a dime, right? So I got into a lot of that. So when I went out to purchase my first home, I was working for the state of Florida. I'm originally from Tallahassee. So I worked for the state of Florida. You from Tallahassee? Woo, woo, home girl, yes. So, <laughs> so being in Tallahassee, I worked for the state of Florida. I was getting paid $14,000 a year. I thought I was doing it. That was like the bomb diggity. My rent was three fifty. dollars I lived off of FSU campus. My rent was three. Y'all know that's real a long time ago, right? <laughs> My rent was three fifty, and at the time I was married, single. You, you know what that means. So I was doing everything on my own, um, working fourteen thousand dollars a year. So I thought I was going to be able to get me a house. I went, and they looked at my credit. And I never forget my credit score was about five hundred and thirty-six, right? So I didn't know the importance of credit because my parents never taught me anything like that. I just know that when my grandmother was going to the bank, my grandmother would just walk into the bank and say, hey, you know what? I need to borrow $700 because I need to pay my taxes next month, and when I get my check on the first, I'll bring it back. And they said, okay, we go to the teller, my grandmother get her money, and we would go. She didn't fill out a form. She didn't do anything. That's because word of mouth was everything back then. But you all took advantage of that. You stopped paying your bills. <laughs> and then we went to the credit, right? So now at 536, what was I going to buy? Absolutely nothing, making $14,000 a year, right? So me, I was new to Christianity, all right? So I was praying. Although I had been, I would always say I was cared by my mom and dad all of these years. But now at this point, I had to find out who God really was for me. I went and I prayed about it. I went to this organization. Um, it was Tallahassee Lenders Consortium. They offered ship funds to first-time homebuyers. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about that later on. Um, so I went there, and they told me, oh, you got a lot of work to do. I said, well, okay, listen, I'm up for the challenge. We're going to get this done. So, oh, my gosh, through prayers and saving money, budgeting, not spending money, I was 
able to find a home. Now, as looking for this home, they told me, oh, Cherie, you qualify for 54.5. 54.5. Okay, nowadays, if someone tells you 54.5, what can you find? Right. Let me tell you how God was with me. So I always keep other people's kids, right? So I went to this townhouse in Tallahassee. It was a two, two and a half. And it was on the north side of town. It wasn't on the south side. It wasn't in French town. It was on the north side. I don't know how. I didn't know how much it was, but I passed this house, and it kept every time I would keep coming back to this same house. And it had a black door, and I hate black doors on houses. And I thought, you know what? That's an ugly old door on that house, but the house is brick. It's nice. So I said, well, you know what? I'm just going to go. I asked my agent to meet me there. She was like, you can never afford it. I said, well, you know what? Don't worry about it, homegirl. I'll call somebody else to come. Y'all going to get to know me. I'm crazy, okay? I'll call somebody else to show me this property. Another lady came and showed me the property. I had all my cousins, little kids with me. So I had four kids with me. I only have one. Four kids. We were, they were running up and down the stairs, two-story. I forgot to say that. I went in there, and I told a lady, I said, I feel a peace in this house. She said, well, do you have the money? I said, well, how much is it? And she said, like 70 some odd thousand dollars And I said, well, you know what? Let me talk to my real estate agent and see what I can do. Knowing I didn't have, remember I just said it was 54-5, right? So I went back to the Tallahassee, and I said, is there any way I could get any more money? They said, no, ma'am. You don't make enough. I said, well, okay, well, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to just pray about it. And I figure if this house is for me, I'm going to get it. I looked at some other houses. I didn't like it. Probably two, three weeks later, they called me. They said, hey, you know what, ma'am? We're going to accept your offer for 54 5 So after I finished falling out crying and everything else, you know, we went to buy this house, right? I got this house, and it wasn't until like several years, several years later, I got a promotion with the state making 17.5. Don't get it twisted. I got a couple thousand dollars extra. 17.5. And the lady, we, I was just happened to be talking to a lady in the workroom one day, and she goes, you know what? She said, where do you live? I said, I live off Gregory Drive. She said, you know, my brother sold a house on Gregory Drive. She said, it's a townhome? I said, yeah. She said, what's the address? I told her. She said, so you're the lady with all the kids that he felt sorry for. <laughs> and gave him, I said, <laughs> that's all I could do <laughs> because you know what I did not have to keep her kids but for some reason that same night she asked me I accepted and I got it so I always want to tell that story to let you know with God all things are possible okay even when it seems impossible it is possible and I'm telling you, and every since that day, although I don't live there anymore, I rent it out, but I have never, ever had a problem making a payment on that house. Never. Do you hear me? I owe $30,000 on that little place. And you would think that since 1996 up until now, I would have it paid off, right? But because the mortgage was so low that it's only $400 a month, 200 goes to principal, so $200, that takes a long time to pay it off. I thought now the first $30,000 that I make, I'm going to pay it off, but I'm using it as an investment property right now because I'm renting it. And just as he said, once you have purchased, you can always rent it out as well. There's always somebody looking to rent a place. Just be specific when you're searching for those individuals to rent your place to make sure that they're going to take care of it like you would. Okay? Well, okay, now we got that out of the way. In your packet, I have
have this, write the vision, make it plain. This is, I write down everything. Just call me crazy, but I write it down. Once God asks for a prayer, I write answer. So I always stick this in, and you guys can use it for your notes or just a sheet or something that you want to look forward to through your home buying process or whatever else that you choose to. Um, the next sheet is three main principles of financial planning God's way. Now, I need three volunteers. Um, somebody read number one for me. Really the simple is really that simple. It is imperative to begin with a budget that takes into consideration short, mid, and long-term goals. Next, start eliminating credit card debt on any and all revolving accounts. Finally, at some point, you must stop borrowing from the future to pay for the temporary pleasures the, pro the purchases of today may bring. It requires self-control. Galatians 5, 2 through 3 says, self-control is one of the fruits of the Spirit. Ask God to grow this fruit within you as it will help you along your journey towards achieving real financial freedom. Does everybody agree with that? Yeah, yeah. So I could be here tonight and give everybody a budget and tell you how to fill it out and do all that good stuff, but more so than none, when you get home, you're probably going to say, you know what, I don't have time to fill out this budget. I'm going to just throw it in my bag, and whatever happens, it happens. So me, I never literally completed a budget on paper. Some of you may be visual. You have to see it in order to follow it. Not me. I don't balance my checkbook because I know how much money I have. I don't spend a whole lot of money. And if I do, I might go to my, what is it, that available balance just to look to say, okay, mm, I'm working good. I'm doing good. I know because that's just me. I, I have, I've had times in my life when I didn't have a whole lot being married single. So I had to live with what I was blessed with at the time. So I've always said, God, if you just give me this. When I started making $30,000, y'all, when I left the state and went over to mortgages, the um, when I got the job, first of all, I didn't apply for the job. When I got the job, the lady said, okay, well, now that you're here, you accepted the position, can you please apply? And I said, sure, no problem. She said, well, <laughs> we can only pay you $30,000. I'm so sorry. Again. <laughs> Because how much was I making? Seventeen five. So when she told me thirty, what what was I gonna say? I just said, ma'am, I show thank you. <laughs> I was appreciative, right? So I said, I and let me tell you, because I was thinking small minded, I said, God, if you don't bless me with anything else, you've blessed me with enough. The reason I said that because I didn't really realize I hadn't finished my degree because I got pregnant, right? I hadn't finished my degree, so I'm saying, Lord, I can't expect much more than what, you know, this $30,000. Again, I was thinking really small. I was limiting God, right, um, just for my thinking. So I had to get out of my old way of thinking, right? So I got this $30,000, and I said, God, oh, I'm doing it. Now I got $30,000. Now I can buy me a new car. So I went out and bought a new car. Lord knows I needed it, my Honda only two two windows no one window three would not let down it was the, the electric thing going on air conditioning stopped working the one window that would let down was the rear passenger window <laughs> I didn't care I was still moving it do you hear me when it was really hot I would get when it got really hot I would open the door a little bit at the stoplight you know kind of <laughs> fan it a little bit but I was still trucking so when I got that $30,000 is when I bought myself a Isuzu Rotary.
rodeo back in the day. Do y'all remember those? My car payment was $420 a month, and I felt so bad because my house payment was $414, and my car payment was $420. And I thought, you know, there's an issue here because everything is so expensive, but I was just so thankful. And again, I was still working with what God had blessed me with. I didn't go out and buy anything spectacular. I'm still working within my budget. A budget is the best thing to do. How many of you have a budget? Do you literally follow it? No? For the most part? See, it does. That's so true. That's why I don't believe in putting a budget on the, on the paper. You understand? But in my mind, I keep a budget. I know how much I can spend. I love thrift shopping. I was do I had to do it back in the day, but now I still do it. And the first place I go when I walk into a store is straight to the back because where what's in the back? There you go. Y'all with me. <laughs> but you still want to spend money on things that you want to spend money on, right? So just be careful with that budget, please. Even though you have it, Try to keep it in place, in perspective, in your mind or on paper, whichever works best for you, but make sure you're doing that. Number two, who can read number two for me? You must recognize discipline is imperative. With each purchase you feel you need to make outside of food, shelter, and healthcare, begin the three-day rule. For the next three days, list why you feel the purchase of each item is imperative. Set aside some time each day to ask God to give you wisdom over your financial decisions. The Bible says if any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you, James 1 and 5. After three days, you should have clarity and peace to either move forward with or abandon the items on your purchase list. Thank you. So we women, we make emotional purchases, right? I don't know about men because they, when they go in the store, they go buy exactly what they want and they're out of it, right? Most times. Most? Most. Well, I know I have a, my best friend, one of my best friends, she went through a breakup. She called me from Atlanta. She said, Sheree, I'm going to Atlanta for the weekend. I'm just not feeling good. I need to make myself feel better. I said, okay, go to Atlanta. She called me, Sheree, guess what? Yes, ma'am, I'm at the Mercedes dealership. I'm about to buy a car. I said, you know, that's, that's an emotional purchase. She said, no, I can afford it, and it's going to make me feel better. I said, okay, if you can replace a man with a Mercedes, then you just do that if it makes you happy because I don't have to pay for it, right? She bought the car. It, the, it's so expensive to repair, so super expensive to repair, but she's still holding on to that Mercedes, and it is probably 15 years old at this point, and she is still fixing the car. She will not buy a new car because it's so expensive, right? She feels if she buys a new car, then the car payment is going to be so expensive and she's paid it off. But what I'm saying, please be sure, be careful when you're buying large items. We do it all the time, emotional purchases. That's why I go to the thrift store. When I'm having a bad day, I promise you, if I'm at work, I'm having a bad day, some of y'all have gotten on my nerves, I go to Emerson Street and shop all day. I take $25 in the store. If it's something I just got to have that's over $25, I run back to the car, I get a little bit more, and I come on back. But I have taken care of that emotional stress. First of all, I should have prayed. That's the first thing that I should have done. But a lot, of th a lot of times, we need to do something. We've got to be, you know what I mean? And so I'm, I'm getting better. 
every day because I'm trying to do that, rather than picking up the phone and calling a friend. Hey, Kathy, I'm not having a good day. You know, I need to do something. Let's go do such and such. I should fall on my knees and pray and tell God about it and let him help me through it. So I'm just saying that to you all because I'm still working on that. I'm a work in progress, okay? So that is what we need to do. Number three, it is a long one, so we'll stop when it gets to, um, <laughs> yeah, y'all need it. Let's, number three. Okay, awesome. You must transform the way you view money. We all have a relationship with money, and for many of us, it's unhealthy. Finances become an idol when we look to them to bring us the fulfillment that only God can supply. Ooh. See, life is not all about money, yet too often we make it all about money by allowing it to define our identity, become our source of security, and ascribe to us a sense of significance and rule over our marriages and homes. Money becomes a false god when we find ourselves worshiping it. The truth is, all false gods eventually lead to our downfall. Jesus makes it clear that money is often God's main competition for our hearts. The problem isn't money itself, it is the love of money. I think the stamp put on money by our forefathers offer a question we should remember every time we hand over cash. Is it really in God we trust? The truth is, where we put our money reveals in who we put our trust. Romans 12:2 says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and prove what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. His promise gives us the power to change our habits and views toward money as we begin to implement the biblical principles he has given us. Thank you so much. What did you all think about that last principle? And we are all guilty of that. Sometimes um, at work, and I'm using myself as an example, um, I never took a job as far as when I came over into the lending world. Sometimes I don't know how I made it. I used to, everybody, anybody know about NACA? You heard of NACA? Okay. I used to work at NACA, and I don't mind sharing this because we family, okay? I worked at NACA. When I started working at NACA, I was making $35,000 a year. I used to work at NACA till 9 o'clock at night, 10 o'clock at night, sometimes 11. Those people would stress me out. The CEO would talk to me like I was a piece of trash. But I was putting my daughter through nursing school at FAM, so I knew that it didn't matter what he said or what he did. I prayed about it, and I kept working, right? I had to beg him for a raise of $10,000 to $45,000, still not knowing how I paid my bills at home, paid whatever I had to pay here in Jackson took care of my daughter and still maintain whatever my household bills that I had. I, to this day, I don't know how I paid it because I didn't really receive any commissions from NACA because I was the manager there. For nine years, I did that. So when I got a job, went back into banking, and I received a pay increase, again, I didn't apply for this job either. I, didn't, I received a pay increase. I said, from that point on, even while I was at NACA, I always promised God, I just want to help somebody. That's all. Because I know you're going to take care of me in the process. If I'm genuinely doing these things from my heart, you're going to take care of me. And I promise y'all, did you just hear about all the bills I told you I had to pay? So how did I make it out of $35,000 for, let's 
see I made that for seven years, and I received 45 after that. Still not a college degree. Did I not add that? Okay. So still not a college degree, but I was peace going to school, one class here, you know, finishing up. Still didn't have a college degree. Well, at NACA, I got so frustrated because I knew that when I was being angry at work and it was showing up in the way I talked to some of my individuals, I knew it was time for me to go because I was crying before I even got out of the car in the mornings to go into the office. So I knew, I said, Lord, listen, now you know. And I'm, I talked to God just like I'm talking to you because, I mean, sometimes you have that formality prayer like you're at church and you know, oh, to God, blah, blah, blah. Okay, no, no, no. I'm talking to him like I'm talking to you. God, see, listen, I'm tired. I've been working these long hours. This man cursed me, talked to me any kind of way, and I've got to conform to this job because in order for me to make this money, I've got to sit back and listen. Not that I agree with it, but I've got to keep my peace. And I need you to help me keep my peace, but in the midst of that, I need you to bless me with another job. This job, I need to be able to go to school. I need a pay increase. I need to work with some Christians because every day is not going to be a good day. So I need somebody to help me along the way. I prayed all of these things. And when I tell you, one day my office admin did not show up to work. I answered the phone. I talked with this guy. He said, hey, are you happy? Hello? I said, these lines are recorded, sir. He said, well, can I take you to lunch? I said, sure. He took me to lunch one day. I wasn't fearful because he knew some of the same people in Tallahassee that I knew. So I went to lunch with him. I was waiting on him. This Caucasian lady comes up to me. She said, are you Sherry Proctor? I said, I'm Sheree Proctor. I said, and you are? She said, I'm Patrice. I am the sales manager at Hancock Whitney Bank. And I said, mm, I'm supposed to be meeting a guy, you know, not you. She said, no, he asked me to come by here. Okay. So she started talking, and he walked in, and he said, my job is done. And I thought, hmm. He said, well, if you don't hire her, I will. So you make it happen. That's what he told the lady. So the lady came. She came at me too quick. She was telling me all this stuff. I was like, oh, God, this is just too much. I got in the car. I said, Lord, listen, I know I prayed that prayer. <laughs> but it's just too much. And she's coming at me too quick. It's just too good to be true. I said, you got to show me a sign because I need to make sure that I'm doing the right thing. Because if I leave this job and I go somewhere and it's worse, then I can't come back here because they're going to kick me out for good if I leave. So I prayed about it. The lady called me the week later. She said, I told her, I said, ma'am, no harm, but I got to finish praying. I'm praying and he hadn't told me anything yet. She said, well, I'm going to help you pray. When the lady said that, I couldn't do nothing but cry because not too many Caucasians tell you that when they want you to do something that they want you to do. So she said, well, you know what? I want you to meet with somebody else. I met with this lady before we even ate lunch. They started praying. I said, oh, Lord, is this it? Do you tell me? Needless to say, I got a piece about it. I took the job, and that is where my journey began. So he blessed me with everything that I said in that prayer for. So again, I said, well, God, you know what? I said, okay, well, I, I got this job, and um, I made the bank probably one, that one month, I probably made nearly $2 million in home loans, and they didn't pay me any extra money but my paycheck. I cried. I said, Lord, now what? I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to seem selfish and ask you for more. 
But I said, God, in the midst of me doing the things that I'm doing, I just need you to help me gain my financial stability so that I can now plant the ground for my children, my grandchildren, and keep it going. Y'all, I promise you, six months, maybe six months later, within six months, was it six months, Kathy? Less than six months, um, I received another call, another bank, which was Sonova's Bank. They told me not only would they hire me, they'll pay me for every loan, regardless of what type of loan, and they gave me a $15,000 raise. Still haven't finished my college degree. I still am. I'm still going, okay? I'm, I just, I'm just telling y'all, God is just so good. And I'm telling y'all that because if he can help little old poor me, he can do it for each one of you all. But it's all about this. It's all about your mind. I'm telling you because I'm, Satan will have your mind so that you don't think that you can do anything at all. So many people told me, oh, well, let me just tell you because you don't have a college degree. When I was working at NACA, someone told me, oh, because you don't have a college degree, you'll never make over 35000 I said, oh, okay. So you, you don't know who I serve. You don't know who my daddy is. When I got to 45, I went back and told him, I said, um, now I'm at 45. <laughs> oh, well, you better just thank God for that because you probably won't get any more. When I got to Hancock, now I'm at this. <laughs> mm -hmm. I promise y'all. So I'm telling y'all, please, whatever you do, even if you own a home now, you still have the ability to buy more. There's so much here in Jacksonville. A lot of it is really expensive, right? But what is for you is going to be for you. But put it in your mind. Pray about it. Tell him exactly what you want, even if it seems far-fetched. Please put it in your mind, and he will do it for you. Um, go to the nine steps of purchasing a home. Y'all, this is like, oh, I'm telling you, I'm so full from the opening of the service. I'm, oh. Mm. All right, nine steps. Now, who are, which one of you are, how many of you are searching to buy a home? You're, you're wanting to get started. Okay, awesome. Um, any of you self-employed? Okay, good. You are? You own, you own a home already? Okay, good for you. Now, that's how you're supposed to do it. That's it. I tell my customers that all the time. Um, so one, you start with a pre-approval. So say for instance, if you called me and you said, Sheree, I don't know where to begin. I just know, you know, that I want to buy a house. The first thing that I'm going to ask you is how much do you feel that you can afford to pay for a monthly mortgage, right? I'm going to ask that question. Now, some people may tell me $600, $700, but I need you to be realistic because there aren't too many things that you probably would want to live in for six, seven hundred. So it's not like I was back in the day, years ago, 1996, right? So now I'm learning that in order for you to get a real good mortgage that you, um, anywhere between nine to 1100. I know that sounds like a lot, but that's just the honest to God truth. Oh, I forgot to give you my disclaimer. Um, please forgive me if I say some things that you don't like. I'm apologizing now because I always tell the truth, okay? I'm going to let Kathy tell you all, because I 
Ooh, I helped Joni too. Kathy and Joni, they'll tell you I'm very straightforward and this home ownership is my passion. So if you tell me that you want to do something, I'm going to make sure that you do it. I promise you, even if I have to call you, hey, I looked at your bank statement. What you doing? We, we need to, we got to tighten up. You told me you wanted to buy a house. And that's just me. I'm extremely passionate about things like that. And they'll tell you, Joni and Kathy will tell you I'm just like that. So for your pre-approval, you're going to return some documents to me. And after I figure out how much you're wanting to pay monthly, then I'm going to ask you what's a feasible purchase price for you. Like, what are you looking at? So a lot of people will tell me, well, I want to pay 600 but I saw a house for 240 So back in the day when I first started, I used to laugh. But then now I realize you just don't understand. So now I've got to, I call it home ownership educate you the difference between the two. That means you just don't know. So if I tell you that if you want to spend $240, you're going to pay anywhere from $1,300, $1,400 to $1,500 a month, and you might say, oh, God, no, I can't afford that, then we need to bring it on down, right? And then until we decide which, which amount works best for you. Um, I will also ask you, what is your last known credit score? How many of you have credit karma? Most of you. Do you all think that credit karma is accurate? Okay, what do you, <laughs> not the pastor said no. <laughs> what do you think Credit Karma um, grades you for? What do you think they're looking for to approve you for what? There you go. My customers do not understand that. They come in, they tell me, Cherie, I have a 700 credit score. I said, where'd you get that information from? Credit Karma. I said, okay, do you believe that to be true? Yes, I do. Okay. So I pull their credit, and their credit score is 630. Well, what is the problem? They're grading you for a credit card. Credit card and mortgages are graded differently when it comes to credit. Mortgage look at everything in the world that you've had all your life that's still on your credit report. Credit cards, they do not, right? So you all get that. So just know that when you have, when someone runs your mortgage credit report, it's totally different from when you went to go buy a car. So now, most, most, mortgage programs, most of them for down payment assistance, we're looking for a 640 or better. Now, Synovus has a mortgage product that you can um, obtain for 620 or better, right? It's not, they don't offer down payment assistance on it. However, it's 100% financing and there's no mortgage insurance on that mortgage. The only thing is you know, it's always a catch. Your debt-to-income ratio has to be low, meaning 41 to 43. <laughs> now, another good thing with that product is if you have student loans. How many of you have student loans? Okay. See, I pay as I go. That's why it's taking me so long. I don't have any student loans. Okay, so you, when you have the student loans on that product that I'm speaking of, I only use the amount that's on your credit report. So if your credit report says zero, I'm not counting anything but zero. If it says $20 because you're on an IBR payment, I'm using $20. That's only with that product. Now, if you do not qualify for that one and we have to take you to a higher ratio, then if that's the case, then I've got to use FHA or conventional. FHA makes me count 1% 
of that loan amount. I have a customer right now, he has $749,000. That's the same question I asked. $749,000 worth of student loans. When I saw it, I asked him, I said, so you're the president or something, right? So he said, no, ma'am, I, I have my PhD. I said, I, you know, before I knew it, I was like, that's all. <laughs> 700. So, but if you remember when you're in school, you get the loans. There you go. And he was cashing them in and then getting more loans. And he said it just got out of control. He basically lived off of the loans over these years. And it's so sad. So with that being said, I've got to count one percent and they only made five thousand eight hundred and twenty six dollars a month so what's going to happen he don't qualify his debt to income ratio is too high so if you have student loans make sure that they're either on the IBR payment so that that's either a zero because it's going to be based off your current income right but a lot of individuals did not get all the, some of the loans you can't get an IBR payment on. And we didn't know that when you were applying for the loans, right? That is taking a lot of individuals, taking away from a lot of individuals owning a home right there because of those student loans. And again, if I were to count 1% of your total balance, so you have to be mindful when you guys are, are thinking about that when you're trying to buy a house. I'm gonna give you a formula in a few that will tell you how to kind of calculate on your own when you're away from me to get an idea of how much you would qualify for. Um, after you have been pre-qualified with me, I'll tell you exactly how much you qualify for. Then at that point, I'll give you a letter and say, okay, happy house hunting. I don't have anything to do with what type of property you um, locate, any of that, because you're gonna use a real estate agent. I do have a team of team of real estate agents that I use frequently, but of course it's your choice. You can use any agent that you so desire to use. Um, give them your letter and I always say you call and interview about three realtors of your choice. Who um, purchased a home and you may have had a problem with the realtor and you had to cancel that one and get another one? Yeah, it happens. So I always say interview them just like you're, they're, um, you're, you're going to pay them, really you're not but call them, talk to them, hey, I qualify for $50,000. If they tell you, oh, no, you'll never get another property. So, okay, thank you so much, and hang up and go on to the next one because you need that person that's going to tell you. Now, they all, we technically we're not supposed to um, talk about our faith, but I slip it in every day. So when they call you and they say, you know what, I don't know, you know where that property may be, but if, if it's for you, we're going to move forward. We're going to continue looking. Even if it takes us forever, we're just going to keep looking. When you talk to that type of person, okay, sure, I want to work with you. You understand you need someone who's going to work for you. Right. So after you're searching, after you found that agent, you guys are going to select a property. You're going to start searching. Um, you're going to get what's called, you, she's going to complete your contract, your real estate contract. She's going to make sure, read everything over that contract. Make sure even the kitchen sink and the dryer, the washer, the dryer, the refrigerator, make sure all those things are contained in that contract. Because oftentimes I see it where they leave them off, and then when it's time to close and we have the appraisal and it's not on there, and they're like, well, they said it was there and we went there. Yes, but is it in the contract? If it's not there, you don't have it. 
okay? So just make sure your real estate agent explains all those things to you. Then you guys are going to negotiate on the price. I never want to pay full price for anything, right? But even if I did, I need some money back from the seller. Because with most of the loan products, you can get up to 6% back from the sellers, and that's 6% of the purchase price. If that agent is not willing to negotiate with you, if they say, oh, you know what, the price is already low, I don't want to ask, but we have not because we what? That's right. So if we ask and they say, well, you know what, hey, I can't give 6%, but I'll give you 3 you have more than you had before, right? So just make sure that they're willing to help you along the way, okay? That's just a tidbit of information for you. Um, after you've negotiated and made the offer, they've accepted it. Now you're ready to return that information to your loan officer, which is me. You'll return it to me, and then I'll start working on it immediately. Um, the first thing that you're going to get are what's called loan disclosures, and the loan disclosure is going to spell out at that point the estimated mortgage payment, the, all, and everything is contained in that mortgage payment, your principal, interest, taxes, and insurance, okay? All of that is contained in that mortgage payment. So when you make that one payment, you never have to worry about making anything outside of that. Now, after you've done that, um, you're going to have what's called the home inspection. That home inspector is going to come in there and totally inspect that home. And if there's anything in that home that needs to be addressed, it's going to be contained in that inspection report. It's up to you and your agent to go back to that seller to negotiate to see if they're willing to fix those things. Now, I have a customer right now. She says that five screens are missing off her window, and she don't know if she want to close. And I'm just trying to figure out that five screens, let me see, 20, 40, 60, $100 going to cause you to lose a really good house, $100. And I told her, I said, you know what, don't worry about it. If I have to come help you put on those screens, I'm going to help you. Let's, let's just keep the transaction moving. Because you don't know. She, Right, she, she just didn't know. She felt like everything had to be repaired. First of all, you're getting a really good deal. You're walking into the house with equity. So you're worried about five window screens. That's what I have to deal with every day. <laughs> okay? So after we have done that, we've gotten that taken care of, then now we're ready. We're going to have the home appraisal. The appraisal is going to determine whether or not the house is really worth what they're selling it for. If it is not, then if it is lower than the purchase price, then we're going back to the sellers to ask them to reduce the price. If they say no, fine, don't worry about it, walk away. You know why? Because that appraisal usually remains in the system for 12 months. So it doesn't matter who they're buying the house from. If they have another one, it's still going to be in the system. So it's still going to be a problem. So most times, they will go, I've only had one out of all my 20-some-odd years that the seller refused to take off $10,000 because he was just that greedy. But most of them, they will reduce the price, and you all can keep it moving. After you've done that, you guys are ready to go to closing. Closing, I say, is like um, you becoming famous because you're going to sign your name so many times on the dotted line which is so good, it's almost like you're signing your life away, but it is a great investment for you. Not just for you, God forbid if something happened to you, you can leave it on to someone else in your family to take care of, right? Okay, so behind here, there are a couple things about the loan products. So I went over the 100% product. Um, this is the one that has the blue paint.
page that has um, the different uh, first-time homebuyer products. We have Florida Bond, um, we have Rural Development, we have USDA, um, that AMP Affordable Loan, that 100% product that I mentioned earlier. Um, I have Hillsborough County Bond money. I don't expect you all to know these things. You just come to me, tell me what you need, and then I'll show you which products you qualify for. And together we will work to determine which one will work best for you. Yes, ma'am. VA, of course I do. And I'm sorry, I did not mention VA. Um, and the rates are really good right now on FHA loans. Um, I had a buyer who wanted down payment assistance, but she had money, but she just wanted down payment assistance. The rate on the down payment assistance is mandated by the state, so we don't set the rate at all. So I gave her a rate of 4.125, and she said, that rate is kind of high. I said, okay, well, no problem. I'll tell you what we do. You pay the money down, get as much as you can from the seller, and I'll give you an FHA rate. Well, her FHA rate is now 3.25%. So she's able to do that, get 6% from the seller, and probably come out of pocket maybe 2000 So you have to know how to, how to work it out, right? And I, again, I don't expect you to know that. That's my job. I'm going to tell you what will work best for you, and then you tell me, hey, I don't want to do that, or yes, I want to do that. Does that make sense? Anybody have any questions about that information? Sure. She's like, well, why are you saying that? I said, go with them. 
And what they're probably going to do is increase your interest rate because if they told you it started out at like 2%, there's no rate for 2% right now. So that's the problem in itself. And then when you, the next three, four, five years, and the rate goes shoot sky high, then how are you going to afford to pay for it? And then you're going to lose the home. And then you're going to try to have to refinance, and you're so upside down in the property, you can't get rid of it. So again, we live in a ready-made society. You know, they want to put it in the microwave and hurry up and cook it. Sometimes you got to boil the water and just let it take a little time. Okay? Y'all with me? Are you planning to sell the home that you're currently living in? You don't want to use it. You want to use it as an investment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The only thing is you're going to have to qualify for that payment and the new payment at the same. And, you, and I'm pretty sure now you got this extra income, you can do that. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, he got it. That's it. So... You can do that, um, just as long as you can qualify for them both. You'll have to get another program. Now, you can't have two government loans, so it can't be FHA. So prayerfully, which I know you already checked this credit, you got good credit, so you can go on and get, yeah, mm -hmm. so you can go on and get that conventional loan for the next loan, so you won't have two of the same types. Does that make sense? You can't have two government. time home buyers is just my passion that's my specialty but every now and then I sprinkle in some you know No, seriously, when you refi, right? So when you refi, you're going to have to now include that 18000 unless you have 18000 cash to pay them off. If you don't have it, you're going to have to include it in that mortgage, and it's going to increase it a little. Yeah, I just told you to stay there. <laughs> Anyone else have any questions? So down payment assistance, now, um, Jacksonville has a down payment assistance program. I think they're like running out of money now. Um, it is 14th that they're out of money now. Yeah. Yes, 14999 is what they give now. Well, when they have it. It's all income based. So it's um, 58.8 for um, the maximum for Jacksonville for the 80% down. 
I mean, I'm sorry, 80%. It has to be 80% of the area median income, and it's 58.8 here in Jacksonville. That means your whole household can't make over 58.8. And that's just for that assistance. Yes, ma'am. Is it a bank? Is it a mortgage company? You would probably know if it was a bank, like a Bank of America, Wells Fargo, TIAA. You understand what I'm saying? Because if it's a mortgage company, um, and they, what a mortgage broker does is basically they're the middleman between them and whatever lenders they use. They don't probably use one lender. They have a slew of lenders, like when you're going to buy a car. You know how they run your credit a thousand times when you're going to buy a car? They may only run it one time at that mortgage broker, but they'll send it out to the different lenders, and whoever has the best product for you, that's who they'll use. A lot of people use um, mortgage brokers now because either their credit is a little lower than banks will allow, or they have contacted, as you said, a real estate agent, and they'll refer them to that individual, and they do that a lot of times because they get a kickback. <coughs> So check it out. You have my card is in there. Call me and let me know. Um, before I do, before I run your credit, I want to talk to you and we kind of get an idea of what your debt to income ratio is first. I'm not a lender that pull your credit. Like some lenders, they don't even want to talk to you. What's your credit score? I need to know where we're, what we're working with. I'm not like that. I want to know where you are first financially. Again, I'm going to get into your mind. I'll ask you a whole bunch of questions, right, so that I can get to know you. Then after that, then if I feel the need to move on, then we will. Because I can talk to you and find out basically what your credit score is. Okay. <laughs> With the questions that I ask you, because if you, just say for instance, if you came to see me, right, I'm going to ask you, you know, what is your last known credit score? You're going to say, mm -hmm. and then I'm going to say, you're not supposed to say, how are you supposed to say, I don't know. So when you say, I don't know, I'm going to say, so have you purchased a car lately? And you probably want to say, yeah, I just did. Okay. So there you go. That's a good one. What's your interest rate? If you tell me 23%, do you understand where I'm going with that? You can kind of tell. You can talk to people and find out what you're working with before I even take an application. Because those are questions, trigger questions, this is what I'll ask you in order to determine what you're doing. I'll ask you, you know, what's your, your current balance on your checking account? What's your current balance in your savings? Now, but if you tell me my credit score is 700, but right now I only have $500 in the bank because I use that to pay off some debts, oh, we're good to go because I know then I'm gonna find a product where you have to bring little to no money in, but
but I still need you to save a little money because you've got to pay for that home inspection. You've got to give that real estate agent a $500 to $1,000 binder. So you need anywhere between, I would say about $1,700 to $2,500 saved. Even if you don't have it liquid, I use 401ks, I use Roth IRAs. Okay? They don't let you withdraw? Really? You have the matching? <laughs> Do you work for the state? 403B, that's different. They, they can kind of set the standards on those. So that's why 401K, and what was the other one? Roth IRA, there you go. Those are my best friends. They, if you don't have the money liquid, as long as I can prove that you have it, even if your credit score is low. So I can take a credit score at 580, but if I take a 580 credit score for an FHA loan, you can't get any down payment assistance unless I use this. Um, if you're lower income, I can use this Florida Home Loan Bank if I can gain an approval. But if you're at 580, I need you to have some assets. You've got to have some savings. A lot of people probably don't have a whole lot of money with a 580 credit score, but you have a 401k and you have a Roth IRA. Even if you don't need it, I need to show it because that is a form of forced savings and we can use that and get the loan through. So I have to tell my customers when you come see me, just tell me the truth. I'm going to help you as much as I can, just tell me the truth. And not only tell me the truth, help me help you. That's my thing. Help me help you through it, and I'm going to do it. Even if you have a lot of large deposits in your account, because I'm going to see it, I have to have your bank statements. Most reason, two months. Have to have it. I have this husband and wife, and I'm going to close when I tell you this story. I have a husband and wife. They work for the bank. The husband came, and he said he wanted a loan. Okay, no problem. Well, when you're married, I know you may not have a joint account, you might have two separate, right? But know what your mate is doing, some form of fashion, because when you get to this point, you're going to have to come together. I know your pastor probably teaches that, but when you're going to have to come together at some point, right? I know we women may want to have our special accounts over here. That's good. But my new husband is going to know what I have. Um, he may not wash it, I hide it. You understand what I'm saying? So when we get to the table to buy a house, now I've got to pull my secret accounts out, and he's got to pull his accounts. Oh, he was cool because the wife ruled that house, right? But when I got to the point of approval, I talked to the wife, but I had to talk to them together because now you're doing this together, right? This is You're not single. You're doing this together, ma'am. to me why you have almost $900 in NSF fees for last year. So sh that can't be true. Okay, well, you probably need to call the bank because it's on here, and this has been a rolling balance every month. They didn't just put it on there. No, I mean, every month that you have an NSF, if you have a bank statement at the bottom of it, it shows every month what that balance is, and it carries on throughout the entire year. So I talked to her. The husband was mad at me because I brought it to their attention. Why are you just now saying this? Um, because you 
just gave me the bank statement. No, why you just finding this out? Because that's your wife. <laughs> I didn't say that. But I'm just saying to you, make sure you have your things in order. I'm only going to ask for the most recent two months. Had they come to me and said, hey, look, we had some problems last month. I'm going to say, well, you know what? Don't worry about it. What we're going to do is, because I have to have two, we're going to use your most recent. And when, as soon as you get the other one, then we'll get the other one. We'll just tell them we can't print that one right now because technically <laughs> we can't because something bad is on it. <laughs> We're not going to print it. So that's why I say, help me help you. I'm going to help you through it. But it, once I give it to them, it's a done deal. I can't take it back. Once I put it in your loan file, I cannot take it out. So if you help me up front, I can help you through to the end. You got me? Awesome. I bought Kathy with me, y'all, just for real quick. I just got to have her just say one thing. She's such a sweet lady. I helped her and her husband get a house. She travels with me when I go places. She's so sweet. Can you just say hey to everybody? I love you. I just wanted you to know that. Good afternoon to everyone. First of all, have a positive attitude about going in this. It's going to be frustrating. She can be that point where you want to forget this. But you have to listen to what she's saying. When I went to the NACA meeting, the first initial meeting I went to, I despised it. It was, I asked about a loan in detail in reference to $1,000. And like she said, she was in more in reference to a person that was in a needy place. And the way she responded to me, I kind of offended. I told my husband, I ain't going back to that. He said, oh no, you got to go. So I went back and I continued to listen and we got the loan the first time, did everything she said, but now she's very persistent. So she asked you for something, be honest, give it to her. And when we closed, just before we closed, I kept calling and, and she would say, well, it's okay, you got it, you got it. But until we signed, but once we signed, then we became sisters in Christ. <laughs> now, I had another house come into my possession. She didn't get, get the loan part aspects of it, but what she did for me was she knew some people. And she said, when you get ready to do what you got to do, let me know. I called her. That was February. The house, I got the check yesterday. It wasn't so much of badness that I thought it was, I just had to learn the patience and listen to what she's saying and follow the product, whatever she tells you to do, do it. And it's not going to be easy, you're going to have tough days, but once you get on your nerve, tell God, don't tell her. <laughs> I can't die. <laughs> Thank you all so much for having me. Um, anytime you need me, I, this is my favorite place to speak. I can speak at a library or anything, but I got something today, I'm telling you, through the worship service, don't pay me any attention, I'm loud, I know I was loud in Joni, I'm, I'm crazy like that, because I'm a pastor's kid, but it doesn't matter, that's why I tell you, I don't use a mic, because you know, when, back in the country, from Tallahassee, Chairs, Florida, y'all know about Chairs, okay, we didn't have a musician, we didn't have any of that, so we had to sing without any of that. And we had to harmonize, so we didn't have any of that. We used the chairs, the back of the chairs, the top of the tables, anything, our feet, our hand clap, the double clap all day. 
So I'm just so thankful to be here, and I promise you I'll come back to visit. Thank you so much for having me. Y'all give it up for Miss Proctor. I hope you got something from that. That was really, really good. It was really, really good. We thank you so much for coming, and we appreciate you. Uh, make sure you, you contact her, get in contact with her for those who are purchasing a home or whatever you need to do. Um, you want to make sure that you uh, go in that direction. Uh, something you said that really, like, triggered me, and I, and I thank you for that. Um, I was messing with Joni. I said, she the, I like her. She got that right kind of shade going on. I like that. But um, <laughs> um, I, I am... Um, something you said that is so true and I 